How many of you getting tired of uh, hearing about election stuff already in this country? I, I, I'm just tired of it. And, but there was two politicians, two political candidates were having a hot debate. Finally, one of them jumped up and yelled at the other, what about the powerful interest that controls you? And the other man screamed back, you leave my wife out of this. Yes. There were two men on shipwrecked on this island. The minute they got onto the island, one of them started screaming and yelling, we're going to die, we're going to die, there's no food, no water, we're going to die. The second man was propped up against the palm tree, acting so calmly it drove the first man crazy. He said, don't you understand, we're not going to die. The second man replied, you don't understand, we're going to die. Their first man said, we're going to die. Second man said, you don't understand, I make $100,000 a week. The first man looked at him quite dumbfounded and asked, what difference does that make? We're on an island with no food and no water. Your money means nothing. We're going to die. And the second man answered, you just don't get it. I make $100,000 a week and I tithe 10% of that 100000 every week. Our pastor will find us in two days. Okay, we will leave it at that. Last week, we went quickly through for to protect the people in the nursery. Uh, Melanie, uh, Kenny was actually in there and she told pastor to tell me thank you because I didn't complete the message last week. That, But we had looked at the first two aspects of prayer last week. And again, we went over that very quickly, an overview. And one is the commitment to pray, that, you know, the need and understanding. The commitment God wants us to pray. And the second message was the, the, the parts of prayer, what it meant and the purpose, why we pray, okay, that we might live quiet and peaceable lives, okay, and that it's good and acceptable unto the Lord. Tonight, I want you to think about your own prayer life. I want you to compare it to the scriptures and ask if you have some unbiblical attitudes about prayer. I've I've had people tell me, well, you're not supposed to pray in public. I've had people tell me, well, we're only supposed to pray in private. I've had people tell me, you're not supposed to, to pray in front of unsaved people. I'm serious. Anybody who has ever gone out to dinner with me knows when it comes time for uh, to pray to thank God for the food, I go through. And I thank the Lord Jesus Christ, ask Him to bless this food and give us someone to talk to about Jesus at our meal. And my kids, uh, they all just expect it. Heather laughs every time that happens. I believe... Prayer is the single greatest weapon given the believer. Okay? When you look at Ephesians chapter 6 and you look at the armor of God, you get down and it says, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and then what's the first thing it tells you to do once you have your armor? Pray with all prayer and supplication. So tonight I want you to think about it. You need to know this. Your prayer life is tied to your faith life. And your faith is tied to this book. Plain and simple. Okay, now we've looked at Luke chapter 18 and verse 1 many times where it says men ought always to pray and not to faint. Okay, so I want you to know there's, a, there's periods or proper times of prayer. Do you have them? Okay, go to Romans chapter 1. We're going to look at some verses tonight. 
Romans chapter 1. The Apostle Paul says in verse 9, For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without what? Ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. So you know, what's the proper time to pray? Always. How many times do we go ahead and we're going to give out a track, we're going to witness to somebody, and we don't think about praying before we hand it out? Prayer time is not just Wednesday night from 7.30 to 8.30 or 7 o'clock to 8.30. It's not. Okay. What does 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tell us? Pray without ceasing. See, what's the proper time to pray? Look at Romans chapter 12. So I won't keep you long tonight. I just want you to think about, okay, your prayer time. Romans chapter 12, and again, most everybody in this church knows Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 fairly well. They get quoted a lot to you. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be ye not conformed unto this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you might know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. But look at verse 9. Verses we don't think about. They're in the same chapter. Let love be without what? Without hypocrisy. Love is an action and a choice of the will. It is not an emotion. Okay? I had a chance to witness a little bit to a... I was at, after going to Dr. Howe's, I went to Costco, checking on something for the church and to get my hot dog. Okay? While I'm sitting there, I'm watching this... Very big black man was sitting at a table, and there were six little kids. And he, it was like watching him try to herd cats. Okay? And I looked at him and I said, Brother, better you than me. And he goes, Amen. Now open the door. Okay? You just never know what it is, okay, without the simulation. You know, people, we let our own prejudice get in the way of showing the love of Christ. I've had missionaries that we supported. They were home missionaries. And they said, it's too hard to work. I live in a town. They're all Roman Catholic. I'm Roman Catholic in my background before I came to Christ. You know how they get saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So it says, let your love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affectioned one to another. That's talking about relationship. Within the home. Within the church. With brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. What's that next phrase? Continuing instant in prayer. Okay? Instant in prayers. You ought to be able to come to the Lord at any moment. That's going to require obedience to God's Word. Because if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Okay? If it's going to be instant in prayer, that doesn't mean that every word that comes out of your mouth is prayer. It means you ought to be able to come to your Heavenly Father at any moment. Do you do that? 
You know what that does? That changes and helps you understand when you can come to it any moment when it tells you to be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God which passes what? Shall keep your hearts and minds through who? Finally, my brethren, what sort of things are true? What sort of things are honest? What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things are a good report? If there be any virtue, be any praise, think on these things. Okay? So I want you to understand when it's talking about being able to pray instant in prayer, you ought to be able to come to it at any moment. You know what we need to learn to do? We need to come to God before we go to people. That's what it means to be instant in prayer. We need to pray. Do you start your day off with prayer? Go to Psalm chapter 5, or Psalm 5. Verse 1, Give ear unto my words, O Lord, consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God, for unto thee will I pray. He's saying, he's pointing to his lordship in his life. My voice shalt thou hear when? In the morning, O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Look up. Isn't that amazing? First thing in the morning. Psalm 63, the first part of the verse says, O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. I wonder if our days would be different if we started them every day with Him. If you're going to start it with Him, there's two parts to prayer, right? You speaking to God and God speaking to you. So you know what? There ought to be prayer and Bible reading every morning in your life. If it isn't, don't wonder why sometimes God doesn't hear you. Because he doesn't believe you take him seriously. Proverbs 8 and verse 17, it's speaking of wisdom. It says, I love them that love me and those that seek me Early shall find me. Luke chapter 5 and verse 33, we're talking about John's disciples, and it says they prayed often. Okay? In Luke chapter 6 and verse 12, and it came to pass in those days that he, that's Jesus, he went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. We pray a lot for Paul Victor in this church, don't we? For his ministry. Do you know how many times they've had all night prayer vigils for the outreach of their, their works and also they've had all night prayer vig vigils for this church family? Pray all night long. Say, so how do you do that? Well, you won't ever pray all night long if you don't pray in the morning. You won't pray all night long if you don't pray often. You won't pray all night long if you're not used to coming to God first. 
Okay? You don't have to to pray all night long. Sometimes, you know, staying up all night. Like I said, I mentioned last week, someone sets their alarm, gets up and prays. All through the night. Turn to Psalm 55. I want you to think about how did the how did the pagans know how to catch Daniel? How did they know how to catch him? They knew that he was going to what? Pray. All right? In Psalm 55, look at verse 17. Well, look at verse 16. It says, As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. Evening, morning, and noon, I'll cry aloud, he'll hear my voice. Well, you know, I like it sometimes to cry aloud. Do you know what I'm saying to you? Do you know one of the testimonies that Emmanuel Baptist Bible Church has in this area is this is a church that prays. It's a church that prays. People send prayer requests. You know why? They've heard people from this church praying out in public. Well, that'd be too embarrassing. Well, I had someone on a street corner call me a fool. And I said, I'm a fool for Christ. Whose fool are you? Amen? Do other people hear your prayers? Do you know the one thing used to comfort me even as a kid? I grew up in a Roman Catholic family, but I had a saved mother. And I could hear her pray every night for each and every one of her kids that they might know the Savior. At evening, in the morning, at noon. Go to Nehemiah chapter 1. Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, Job. Let you know where it is. Okay? Nehemiah chapter 1. Verse 4. This is Nehemiah and he says, When it came to pass, when I heard these words, what did he heard? And they said unto me, verse 3, that the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also was broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. Isn't that amazing? 
And I said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, great and terrible God, that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive, and let thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now, what? Day and night, for the children of Israel, for thy servants, and to confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. And one thing you know about Job, he made offerings and things because he was trying to prepare for the sins of his family, wasn't he? Over and over again, we see people who confess the sins of their family and ask God to work. See, I confess my own sins and I confess the sins of my family and say, God, please, please be merciful to reach through that, okay? See, he prayed. He saw that they were in ruin and he prayed for them night and day. Do we stop when we say a prayer? When someone asks us to? Someone that maybe we love that's not saved, someone who's going through it? Or are we continually bringing it before God? I don't, I don't have them on a pedestal. I love them, the walls. They have prayer lists. I've seen so many missionaries. I've seen Sam Gipp. Another one's embarrassed when they asked prayer requests. They came in, come back next time they come around, and they didn't mention the answer to the prayer. And I can, John or Denise, I'll ask them about, well, how did that turn out? Because they never brought it back to them. But they continued to pray for the request enough so that they knew the request to ask the missionary who'd forgotten about it. All right? Night and day. Anna, at the time of the birth of Christ, she was at the temple serving God with fastings and prayers. Okay? So you have night and day. We have continued prayer. 1 Samuel chapter 1. Turn there. Nahanna was praying because she couldn't have what? A child. I've had people that are in this church that came that said to me, we've been trying, we've been trying, we're trying, we just can't have babies. And I said, I'll start praying about it. You need to pray about it. And you start preparing for the baby. I've said that to missionaries. I've said that to people who are members of this church. I said it to people who visited because they were friends with members of this church. And they come back. And I always tease them, you know, the people who don't belong to this church. I say, just come drink Emmanuel's water. Hannah prayed. Verse 9. So Hannah rose up after they had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat at a seat by the post of the temple of the Lord. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, Lord, 
of hosts, if thou will indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaiden, but will give unto thy handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. She continued praying. Now, Eli thought she was drunk or messed up and didn't belong there until she found out that it was the weight of her heart. But she continued praying. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7, 8 says, 7 and 8 says, Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and him that knocketh, it shall be opened. I've had people tell me, well, I, you know, you're not seriously praying unless you're flat on your face before the Lord. Well, man, I've had a whole lot of prayers answered when I wasn't on my face before the Lord. I've had them walking through this building. I've had them while I'm driving the car. Okay? Positions of prayer. There's a, in Exodus 34, 8, you find Moses bowing his head. Okay? Why bowing his head? He's showing reverence. But I like the fact that you bow the head and then you look up to the one you're praying. You don't have to do that way. if God, God doesn't convict you of that. But positions of prayer, bowing your head. How about this one? Second, or 1 Timothy 2.8 I will therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. I had a person say one time, because we have people sometimes they are like this, praise the Lord. And I had someone say, I thought we weren't Pentecostals. And I said, oh, nuts to you. We try to do what the Bible says. What do you do? I think I ought to be more concerned about my prayer life than the other person's prayer life. Amen? You still with me? We're almost finished. All men are liars, but we're almost finished. Acts 20 and verse 36, speaking of the Apostle Paul, it says, when he had spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. So I find in the Bible, bowing your head. I find hands lifted up, holy hands lifted. I find kneeling. Okay, I know in Philippians chapter 2, in verse 10, speaking of Jesus, it says, and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus gave us the example of being on your face. Matthew 26 and verse 39, And he went a little further or farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as thou will. The Creator God of the universe, for by him all things were created and by him all things consist, the Lord Jesus Christ, in his humanity, said to the Heavenly Father, Not my will, but thine be done. So they're bowing, their hands are lifted, they're kneeling, they're on their face. How about this? In 1 Chronicles 17, 16, And David the king came and sat before the Lord and said, you can look up the verse, he was sitting while he talked with God. Mark eleven twenty five verse A, and it says, And when ye stand praying, forgive. 
Quite a few years ago, Mark Behay got me in this habit of doing this, and sometimes he, he, he had a hard time concentrating. You know some people that can never sit still? It's very hard for them. Mark was that way. He was just an agitation taking place. You know what helped him pray? Walking. He'd get up and he'd be praying and he'd be walking and he'd, he used to come walk around the church. I'd come to his apartment. He's walking around his apartment and he's praying. Okay? See, you can be sitting, you can be standing, you can be on your face, you can be bowing, you can be lifting your hands, you could be kneeling. See, because man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh upon the heart. Okay? What kind of places do you pray in? Well, you have... Private prayer, go to Matthew 6. In verse 6, it says, But, but thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Why? He says, because the Pharisees, they prayed big, long prayers in front of people to impress men. Okay? So I see praying in private. Okay? Um, they made a movie. The prayer room, I think it is. War room. Okay? Excellent movie. I have a pastor, he's... Uh, how many of you remember Brother Eggleston who drove down from Syracuse, came here, a black man? He came to our church because he ran into Pastor Caleb when he was my associate in a big and tall men's store. And they were talking about sizes and Caleb said something about the Lord and Brother Eggleston came here because of that and why they lived in the area. They drove down from Syracuse and came here. I went to visit him in his house. He has an attic room that is totally furnished with scripture promises of prayer and then lists of prayer. It was his war room. If that's what it takes for you to get serious about it, do it. You need to pray in private, okay? Again, you can pray in public in 1 Timothy 2.8. I will that... Therefore, that men pray where? Everywhere. Lifting up holy hands. Everywhere. In Acts 3, in verse 1, you find Peter and John, they came to the temple, the time of prayer. Acts 16, 13, turn there. And on the Sabbath... We went out of the city by a riverside. That's where the song Down by the Riverside is based off of. Where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and spoke unto the women which resorted thither. Women were there praying by the riverside. And we'll finish with Luke chapter 11. Luke 11. This is real difficult here, okay? You ready? This is a deep place of prayer. And it came to pass, verse 1, as he was praying in a 
When he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And he gave him the disciples' prayer. He was praying in a certain place. Well, you know what? Every place you are at some time is a certain place. So men ought always to pray and not to faint. And all God's people said, Amen. Good night and God bless.